Thank you for listening to The Push with Kelly Butler. Today's episode is brought to you by Monuts Cafe. Support local in these challenging times. Are you doing this work to facilitate growth or to become famous? Which is more important, getting or letting go? Kelly Butler is a former Winnipeg Blue Bomber, but he also played in the NFL. Butler now works with Indigenous children in Winnipeg. Playing for a purpose, works with young people, providing mentorship and creating opportunities. Kelly, as a black man and a former professional athlete, how are you feeling watching all of this unfold? It's your boy KB. What's going on, guys? The Push with KB. How are we doing? I like it. All right, let's slow down and really enjoy that moment, man. How are we doing today, guys? How are we? Okay, okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Today is Tuesday, December 8th, and I want to first and foremost acknowledge that, I'm sorry, this podcast is, should be out earlier, but I had to pause today. Um, and, and the thing about it is, I've had a lot of big decisions happening and that are going to happen in the future but my emotions have been so all over the place. It's been hard for me to actually be able to enjoy the process, evaluate the process, and actually make the right decision. Um, it's, today's topic is why it's important to pause. You understand that? That moment to take a second to pause, just to be able just to pause. So today and today's topic is, first and foremost, reflection looking at big decisions that you've made in the past and did you give it enough time before you had to make that decision? Now, the decision itself, what was the outcome? So we're just going to reflect. We're going to get clarity on the current situation, my current situation I'm going to talk about. People understand what I have to say. The biggest thing is when, if I'm speaking too fast or I'm too emotional, it's extremely hard for me to get my point across because my mind is racing. And when something is racing so fast in your mind, it's extremely hard for you to understand it. And I think it's very hard for the other person that you're trying to communicate to even help you. And at the end of the day, the outcome. Let's think about that outcome. You know, are we trying to win? Are we trying to be right? So first of all, thank you guys. It's been a really good day. My energy, ah, man, I'm loving it, man. My energy's right. It is. It's right. It is right. All right. And if you guys want to leave your comments or send your questions or concerns, please reach out to me, thepushwithkb at gmail.com. I really appreciate um, you guys leaving your comments. And it's been very important that I can kind of reflect on the show and be able to look at what we're doing here and also the people on the team. So big shout out to my engineer here, Ace. Big shout out to him. <laughs> nice. As we grow with the show, we're going to incorporate new things. And I think it's really important that we get good at certain things, but we allow ourselves to take chances. So the biggest thing today is why it's important to pause before a big decision. And in the past as I've had big decisions faced with, I had a decision, am I going to come out to go into the NFL? I had the opportunity to stay in college. It was my junior year, and there was a lot of things that were happening at that particular time that I didn't necessarily was prepared for. I didn't have the necessarily right people we didn't know. 
if you have the biggest decision in front of you and all of your friends are 21 years old and they have their groups of people giving them advice how to do certain things and Kelly Butler at 21 years old was running out of money that his mother left for her life insurance. He wasn't really enjoying the college experience because all of his group of friends were leaving and he didn't really understand the importance of getting a degree. So I left early or I declared for the NFL. And and when you declare something, it's it's that's a permanent decision. Sometimes people say there's no such thing as a bad decision. Well, when I pause and reflect, if I was making that, oh my goodness, whoa, oh man. I just want to say, whoa, before we start and go any further, we have to acknowledge our ego. Because the decision that I made when I'm reflecting back on when I left college, my ego was not, oh my goodness. At that particular time in college, not being humble my ego wasn't in check. I didn't even necessarily know how to have a conversation with anybody, let alone my dec- my decision-making with my ego. Where my ego was at, it was hurt, actually. And when I actually take a moment to pause and really reflect in the reason why I left Purdue, I can say all of the things about my friends leaving and give, give this false cliche, but I was hurt. Two things, I love Purdue. I love the culture. I, I, Danny Hope, he was, he, was, he was a great man. He is a great man, excuse me. Great coach, the things he did for me at Purdue, coming to, to me when I was at uh, Grand Rapids Union. I, I can go into so many Danny Hope stories, um, but he was a great guy. That staff, Man, at Purdue, thank you. You know, Greg Olson, uh, if he hadn't spoke up for me, I wouldn't be playing for the Detroit Lions because he took a chance on me, and I appreciate that. Uh, but the man, the myth, the legend, JT Money, as uh, the Purdue guys called him, rest in peace, he reminded me of my grandfather. Joe Tiller didn't like a lot of people, but he loves me. He loved me at the time. He made me earn it. He made me work for it. And, and he, was a, he, was, he was a great man. And I was playing, and it was my junior years on billboards, and I was doing all the things right. He was preparing me for something better. And my junior year, I had thought I had a pretty good season. But unfortunately, in trying to have me become great, I got caught up on a label. I didn't make all Big Ten. All my friends did. They were getting ready to leave. So my ego, because I didn't know how to have a conversation with Joe Tiller, and I didn't have a lot of resources at the time, I left because I was hurt. Bill Legg, great coach. He was coming in, and he was a good man. I, I, I talked to Bill Legg, uh, Coach Legg, and he listens to my podcast, and we talk. He calls me skinny now. I'm like, leave me alone, man. Stop. And... uh it wasn't him. He was like more like an uncle coach, Coach Tiller. I didn't have an opportunity because I, I didn't have the courage to have a conversation. When I was faced with adversity, I didn't know how to communicate, so I, I left. If I had just simply paused and, and had somebody to be able to talk to, 
when my emotions were all over the place, I was afraid. I was, I was scared. You know, Kyle ordered my quarterback at the time. He was like, you can stay with me. I was like, I don't know if I can study that good, Kyle. I, if, if I fail. And then I had set myself up for failure because I had thought coming out early was the best decision rather than staying and learning. So that was one of the biggest reflections that I had because I ended up going to the place I was supposed to, but I didn't arrive well packaged. Love that I got to play for the Detroit Lions. Love that I got to play with Charles Rogers, but did not love hearing when I got to the Detroit Lions that they said, Kelly, if you had stayed your senior year, you would have been a top 10 draft pick. Hmm. Ego check. One for who? Who wins that check? Because I made it to the NFL, but I made it to the NFL not ready and packaged right. If I had just paused. So bring it back now, why it's important to pause now, because at this particular time in my life, I'm going back to the States. I'm going back with the podcast. I have come up with some different decisions that people in the States that at one period of time, I had a very good relationship with, and I was working through some decisions to reconnect with these people. So it's been a process getting back in contact with the people I'm trying to get hold of, and motions are going here because at the end of the day, I'm panicking a little bit because I'm so close to something I love because of the listeners and because of the team that we have here, the opportunity to really take this and do something special with is presenting itself like it's never before. I, I remind myself of when I was at this pivotal moment and looked at the opportunity to come to go to the NFL. I was like, A, I left earlier than I should have. B, I got drafted later than I thought because I had gotten arrested. Even after everything, not being prepared, being emotional, doing all those things, I was still a very highly projected athlete, which means that with the right support, in the right timings, things would have gone a lot better. That's reflection and growth and say, I could have had a better outcome. But in that moment, I, I look at Greg Olson, the quarterback coach when I was at Purdue, and what he saw of me at Purdue, he didn't have to speak up. He, he, he had to go and really fight for me. And I'm, when I mean fight, he had to fight hard. And when I talk about Black Lives Matter and allyship, he made a big decision at a time that might not have been so popular. He stuck his neck on the line for his job, his family, his livelihood for Kelly Butler. Because he was the one like, yes, whatever it was, the reasons why other teams were passing on me, why other teams weren't giving me that opportunity, he gave me a chance. So when I reflect on that as a man now, it wasn't that somebody didn't stand up for me. They did. And, and it was a great experience. So I got to really acknowledge that part of the reflection is like now that I've had a chance to pause, had a chance to look at some of the positive things that happened when I was playing football,
some of the positive moments of those things that I could, could have done better, it's, it gives you that encouragement to fail forward and learn and be able to reflect and teach. That for me, I feel at peace. I, I, I really do. The next thing that we really want to talk about, people understand what I have to say or people being able to understand what you're trying to say. Because the biggest thing we're trying to do is why it's important to pause before a big decision. So as you're communicating the decision, so you've reached out to somebody, but you can't articulate your thoughts because you're going back and forth and you're speaking so fast. Your emotions are so high. And the people that care about you are trying to stay calm, but they can't really understand what you're trying to say. So you can't get that message across. And that has always been something that I've had to work on is saying, slow down. When you slow down, it doesn't mean that you have to slow down how you talk. It's just slow down the thought within the speed limits of how people think and keep a positive attitude. And I really look at energy because I mean, I encourage people that want to have great energy. I think I think it's important. I think it's really important to wake up in the morning with great energy. I think it's important to work out with great energy. I think it's important to be able to be very positive with that energy. And I think that energy will be able to get you through some tremendously challenging times when that's that thing that, that you have to build and, and touch on. And I think we're talking about what well, people want to understand what you have to say. So if you don't have the right energy match with the right conversation. So it's not that I can't communicate and somebody can't understand it in a very challenging situation. But most people haven't been there to have to put their mind through that situation to be able to adjust and adapt and to communicate. And the longer you stay in that environment, the harder it is to communicate with people outside of that environment. The longer that you communicate with people that uh, have a similar way of speaking, it's easy for me to understand a lot of people's pain and the way people talk and the way people feel because I can relate to those things. And I've been in those environments. As I've talked on previous shows, I don't want to glorify it, but I've been in environments where I was the bag. I was bagging the dope, and then they were just selling it around. So I understand the culture and the communication. I've been in a, an environment of violence. That same environment there, I saw somebody get smacked in the face with a brick because we're not being able to get people to understand what we're saying. So violence is not the answer. Speeding up how you talk is not the answer. First of all, you have to make sure you're communicating with the right person to make it relatable, first of all. And if it's not relatable, because a lot of times when I'm trying to communicate what's going on, after I've realized I found the right person for what I'm looking for, and once my ego has been checked, so let's, let, let's go back and re-clarify. You gotta reflect, and your ego is good right now. Your emotions are settled. So if your emotions are settled, then I would assume people will be able to understand what you're trying to say. Because remind yourself, being positive to yourself is a lot easier when you become positive. It's easier to communicate. You're coming from a kinder place, so people are going to be able to connect with that energy a little bit better rather than not pausing, having the conversation, having the energy be off because you didn't check your ego. The whole outcome just blows up bad. So as I'm reflecting on this, as, as I'm trying to understand things, when, when, when people didn't understand what I had to say, 
it was it was more me. And I think that part right there, as I'm making big decisions now, I had to apologize for myself in the past because I didn't make the right decisions then. It's with my ego. It wasn't that the outcome wasn't, it was just why I did things. And, and I think that was the biggest thing with the pause. And, and as, as we've, we, we've clarified that, when I look at Joe, Joe Tiller, Coach Tiller, he, rest in peace, I was just personally hurt. A lot of times, if you're getting ready to make a big decision and you've been hurt in the past, that trauma is always going to be present with the big decision now if you don't get more clarity on that. So as I started the podcast off saying why it's important to pause, I wanted to make this decision, the podcast that we have created and the story of my life, being able to make it relatable to you and communicate to you so we can both get through this together. I wanted it to go the right way. And, and I have a, a friend from back home in BFL that I spoke about um, that is, is partnered with Eric Thomas. Eric Thomas is the number one motivational speaker in the world. He's a black man from Detroit, Michigan, and he's doing things that at one time I wanted to do. I still want to do, and he got the success that I always envisioned after football. So I'm envious of that and jealous of that. At the same time, I'm extremely excited that I see somebody I grew up with a part of that. I was like, wow, this can be done. I want to acknowledge CJ, Quinny, man, thank you, man. Thank you for taking a moment today to take a pause out of your day to talk to me. Because my ego was off, man. My emotions were off. The whole thing was bad. And it wasn't bad for anybody else but me. I wanted to blame me, but I, I didn't want to pause and let everybody catch up to where they were at and be like, he, and then what happened was, as I've been trying to grow this show, and as you've been listening to the show, I, I like to talk about different people, different relatable experiences, but when I'm not on the show, I'm listening to a lot of different podcasts, just critiquing them to be able to just understand and get better, just, just a better way of doing this and making sure that I'm on track to make sure the audience is listening and we're giving good information. The biggest thing is this is therapeutic for me, but I want to make sure I'm presenting it to everybody so it can be understandable. So when I realize that one of my closest friends is on this big podcast, man, he's done all these amazing things. I want to get a hold of this guy and catch up and say, man, how did you do it? Man, I'm proud. Man, wow. But in those moments, not necessarily being able to connect the energy instantaneously, it's hard to have too much energy and stay on pause. And I'm, just, I'm, I'm, but in that moment, this is what's called growth, because I always remembered when I wasn't prepared to take a pause and really, really think about that decision. And just think about it from different angles. The outcome, I never necessarily knew what it could become because I never gave it a chance to really be 
what it was supposed to look like. I created it in a way that might not have been ready. And then I wasn't happy with it, with the way it looked because I didn't give it chances to really properly form before we move forward or push forward. So this is not all on me as far as, man, I, I, I paused, I did a great job, I was able to get a hold of CJ and everything worked out. That's what happened. But that wasn't the process. I think I broke down and cried a thousand times. I think I talked to people so many times, like I called everybody. And, and, and in calling so many people, it feels great to catch up. But the new and new, new and improved Kelly calls a lot more. And if you haven't talked to somebody in 10 years, and I call you 10 times in one day, that's a lot. It's a lot of catching up, a lot of processing to do. So my Aunt Deb, thank you. Uh, all of my friends that I haven't talked to in a long time, thank you for catching back up to me. It's like getting out of, it's just like reintroducing yourself to somebody that you haven't seen in a while. And you're so excited, but there's so much going on. And that was the big thing about when I'm doing this podcast, you know, and today's topic is why it's important to pause before a big decision. As we get ready for 2021, I'm investing with a group of individuals to do some very important things back in the States. So as I'm here and I'm emotional, and today that's why the episode's a little bit later, because I recorded an episode before I talked to CJ. In the episode before I talked to CJ, it wasn't disrespectful about listening to his first episode, but it wasn't kind, because I hadn't had a chance to talk to him. I hadn't had a chance to catch up with him and hear his story on how where he is and where he was. So when he started 2015 to where he is now, now, I don't know that story. I don't know what's happened. I don't know how him and E.T. become this and that. I don't know. So, but I do know how me and him are friends. I do know our relationship. But because we're the same and they're doing something amazing doesn't mean that we might have the same relationship that we once had. Because a lot of people that I have relationship, the relationship has changed. This due to unforeseen circumstances and it's no longer what it was. So I'm somewhat a little bit more reluctant when I reintroduce myself to people that I haven't seen in a while. And sometimes my intention is kind but my patience, I get worried. And I overthink things in scenarios that are negative because of coaches saying preparing for the worst case scenario rather than the best case scenario. So my mind is always trying to create, if this happens, this happens, I'll be able to overcome this, but I'm never properly presented with, yo, what happens if CJ does all this? So. That sometimes when I went into it, I was already envious of what they're doing. I'm doing what I'm doing for myself to be able to tell my story, but I want to be heard on a large stage. So I see what they're doing. I'm so excited. And then as I'm trying to reach out to CJ, I can't get a hold of him. But I'm doing a lot of things I didn't do the last time there was a big decision when I jumped to the NFL to go to the Lions and went there in the sixth round. And I've learned so much. I understand the difference between what I am and what I was, but the reason for leaving then to be able to fast forward now 
is to be able to say that I have another opportunity to make a big decision, but I almost didn't do it the right way because I recorded the episode, I was getting ready to do it, and I was just emotional. And I was emotional in a way that was just having to vent, but being venting rather than venting for myself than everybody to hear. And lo and behold, what happens? I get a phone call. And the first thing that he says is like, man, my bad, dog. I've been busy. I've been just on the road. And I ain't been home in 10 years, really. Man, let's take a pause and think about the emotions that just are going through me. I just finally got a hold of CJ, my boy. I don't even, like, man, he's like, so we, we talk in this group chat. He answers the phone, and he's calm, first and foremost. He was more calm than I was, so good job, man, Quinny. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, I smoke um, weed and CBD at times to try and keep my nerves calm. Whatever you were doing with your wife and your two kids, you were calmer than I was. Well done, dude. Well done. Man, me and Quinny talked for about two and a half hours, boy. It was good catching up with him. It was fun. I was telling him the story. He was telling about the kids. And, and, and ironically enough, and it was a similar storyline here. And then after we started communicating, I was like, yo, Quinny, this is kind of my idea. I want to be able to do these things. He like, yo, okay, man, dude, you family. Don't even worry about it. I got you. I'm saying, say what? I was like, I got you, you family. BFL always take care of family. I got you, dog. And I was like, man, it was just good to catch up. It was good to say that it wasn't that I was trying to attach to him to ride his coattails to jump on all of his hard work. And it's good to hear that he's doing well. The one thing that I also reflect on is somebody the outcome of winning or being right. Because we talked today, and I want to talk about why it's important to pause before a big decision. And you know what? When we reflect back to clarify on the situation, we, we talked about people understanding what we've had to say. We talked about being able to pause, getting clarity as, you know, I was hurt by Joe, Joe Tiller, Coach Tiller. So in being hurt, I gave off false emotions and were cocky and left. Rather than apologizing and trying to have a conversation and getting some understanding, you know, different, it, it wasn't meant to be, but it, it, it is meant to understand. And then, you know, the outcome of, of winning or being right. At this moment, I feel like I'm winning. I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to say, oh, look at me. Look what KB did. I'm flexing and I'm what? You know, I, the ego wants to say that, but I checked it at the door, so we're cool here. I'm not saying at times I haven't had to use my ego to overcome some very challenging things the way that I thought I, I still think is important, but I don't think I have to think that fast. And the outcome to see other people that have come from where you, where you are to be what they're doing right now, man, that's respect. That's a winning culture, man. 
the one thing we talk about in the outcome of winning or being right is in this situation, I don't want to be right. Because when I look at going back home to be able to reconnect with my family, I'm reconnecting with a lot of the positives. But I'm also reconnecting with a lot of the negatives. The outcome didn't turn out the way it was supposed to. As I look at my trials and tribulations and the people that were able to protect me and serve me as I wasn't ready to serve myself, that I was able to help serve this community, thank you. Some of my friends and my teammates, my former teammates, were not so lucky. So in these kind of moments, I have to take a moment to pause. And I have to be able to frame this so we understand that Charles Rogers, I've known Charles Rogers. And I want to be able to take you through my past with Charles Rogers. Just the person. The person that Kelly Butler knew. And talk about why it's very, very important I'm coming back home the right way. So myself and Charles, we've known each other since we were 14 years old. We played together on AAU basketball team, the Michigan Mustangs. At that same time, there was another person that was a pretty good basketball player playing, LeBron James. That's how I know LeBron James and Maverick Carter and a lot of those superstars throughout the through basketball because I was a pretty good basketball player. So when at that time, on my team, there was Brent Darby, rest in peace, B. A lot of times you look back at the friends you played with and some of them are not still there. They're not still here with us. Jason Richardson, dunk champion, Charles Rogers, Kevin Tolbert. These are names that you might not understand here in, in Winnipeg because I live here, but these are prominent, huge basketball names. And Charles Rogers. And me and Chuck was just cool. So we're in Las Vegas playing on this big-time AAU team, Michigan Mustang, in this tournament. So that was the beginning of knowing what it was like to do a big. Chris Greer was our AAU basketball coach. Man, like, if you see my hands, like, imagine just the, the biggest amount of money and I see in his pocket and just nuts because we were sponsored. And we would just be in Vegas chaperoned but not really chaperoned in Vegas man playing basketball with a coach that had a knot as big as my hand in his pocket and the point of the conversation is that was the beginning of me and Charles I didn't know Charles was good in football and we were just cool Charles liked to gamble so he was gambling he was at the slot machine I would catch him at the slot machine it's like he was 21 years old 14 he gambled like what are you doing Chuck Ah, KB, man, you know, I'm just doing, Chuck, you wild, dude, I'll catch you later, dog, I got to go do something. And at that particular time, I was more into looking for women that I could pay for. Just leave it at that. Different time, not condoning that. And then from there, myself and Charles started playing sports, football. And then we went to Michigan State football camp together. And then all of us were together. It was just a group of us. The twins were there. Um, Stuart Schwager was there. All of the elites were there. Charles were there. We were just having fun. And then, I mean, Stu, myself, Stuart Schwager, and Charles Rogers are all from Michigan. Stu and Charles are from Saginaw, and we all just hung out together. 
And then we went to Purdue, Charles, it was at Michigan State. One of my boys, Dominic Brown, played for Michigan State. So we had just had, we were just, we were always just driving around, hanging out. And my mother left me life insurance, so I had 200 grand over a course of four years. And I'm driving around in, 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 in a lights out expedition. If you knew me when I was going to Purdue, I had the black expedition, 20s on it. It, it was It was special. You know, my cousin Marcus that I've talked about in previous episodes, he helped me facilitate that to bring it up to Purdue. And that was that. I had my truck and we were hanging out doing that. And then when we weren't in West Lafayette, we were in Lansing hanging out with Charles. And Charles always took care of me, man. Charles was that leader that was as charismatic and cool. Just a stand up real dude. And if you know Charles like I do and know where he's from, he's from Saginaw. They ain't have running water, man. In Flint, that's the same environment. When you when you looked at that documentary, we he ain't come for much. I remember Chuck got punctured in the in his lungs, you know, by a fork by one of his girlfriends. And like, and like he was seventeen years old. He's like the number one player in the country. You know, it's just like, and we hanging out. We don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, he wins the Belindikov. I'm like stunned. Stu goes out there. He's balling. I'm starting. I, I I haven't missed a start. It's 36 starts in a row. Charles Rogers, Belinda Call, Stuart Swaggart, you know, Big Ten leading interception breaks Rod Woodson's record. And we all hanging out just having fun. The draft happens. So these are all the positive things that are happening. These are all some of the reasons why I was getting ready to leave the draft. You know, when I'm not playing at West Lafayette, I'm still back there. And this story is about Charles Rogers and what the outcome was, was, was not negative. These are all the positive things I did with Chuck. And then as I'm thinking about going back home and thinking about the enthusiasm of overcoming adversity, please once again take a moment for Charles Rogers. The one thing that motivated me said that I couldn't get this wrong was Charles Rogers. I couldn't end up like one of my closer friends. I couldn't do that. I couldn't become him. Because at one moment, he was the number two overall draft pick. And then I ended up coming out the next year and was drafted in the sixth round. And Chuck took care of me. He, he always took care of me. The twins were there. We lived in the same complex. We spent time together when we were at the when we weren't at the facility. We were all hanging out. We were all just we it was all of us. That culture was great. It was fun. We were working hard. Malcolm Black was was training. It was just a fun culture. And Chuck was a good dude that just now had bad luck. Now Charles Rogers, the person that had overcome so much, had come to its pinnacle of his career, never really having to have faced injury. For the first time, faces a massive injury at the pinnacle of his career. Man, breaks his collarbone two years back to back. Now I'm starting, he's backing up, or hurt, excuse me. And we're going in different directions. And the one thing that I know that I struggled with 
in football was understanding the complexity of defenses, being able to understand the terminology and being able to understand having a great big brother. Damian Woody is why I have a career in the NFL. I always had a great guard that allowed for me to be able to make mistakes and still be able to perform at a high level because of the person that was right next to me. I am very, very fortunate that at times I was able to be a little bit more charismatic than I should have been because I'm standing next to Damian Woody, playing next to this dude. He's helping me get the snap count. Hey, Wood, Wood, what's the snap count? He's just on this. All right. I remember we were playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Pittsburgh Cultures, that's a tough team. And, and myself and Woody and Dominic Rayola, that's a tough goon squad right there. We, we, we were getting it on. And, and I remember when I was in the trenches, that was fun. And the reason why I'm talking about the trenches and that culture of winning and saying, you know, Charles Rogers, who's not with us, and understanding that certain things happen that are outside of our control, and looking back when I played for the Lions and saying why I was able to be able to be a starter was because somebody else helped. Woody took care of me, man. Let me come into his house. Let me eat all his food. Then he gave me about $100,000 of jewelry for like a 1000 bucks. He was like, hey, KB, come over to the crib. What you got? Ah, opened up a safe, dimed out, blazed out, Rolex, dumb chain. Dumb bracelet. I'm just hanging there. My neck started hurting. I'm like, what is this? He's like, here, just bye. Cool. That's what I thought big brothers do. And then when I was messing up in the game, he didn't be like, yo, dude, what's wrong with you? He just protected me and was chill. And then we would go back and film, and, and, and then Woody would grade out it by like a 98% as usual. Damian Woody. Come on, man. It's, it's Damian Woody. Let's do that. So Damian Woody grading out 98%. I don't really know what's going on half the time, and we still getting it done over there. It's just there was a, the right connection. And then all of a sudden, it was no longer there because I was playing a different position at times, and he was Damian Woody, and it just didn't work out. I got released, and I got released for, for a situation that's a story that I'll go into later, and then life went in a different direction. So did Charles Rogers' life. The man, the myth, the legend that became something that took care of me. And that was why in the beginning I was like, man, why is it important to pause? Because I was like, man, I don't want to be dead. And I want to be able to come back home and bring back somebody's life, somebody's legacy. I've done it here as far as with my mother leaving a scholarship for her here in University of Manitoba with the women's scholarships for $80,000 for my mother and then $40,000 for playing for a purpose for, for football. But my mother went to Michigan State. There's not a scholarship for my mother in Michigan State. Charles Rogers went to Michigan State. My father played football at Michigan State. There's a lot of energy and a lot of people that need to go back to home to talk about. So I've reached out to the people that need to be reached out to, and we've talked about working together to be able to bring back the legacy of Charles Rogers and also be able to talk about my experiences here. And I was able to pause. Now I'm going to be able to do that with my brother, CJ Quinney, and be able to get some 
I don't even know, but being able to be back with the family, that in itself is what makes it all worth it. But if I didn't check my ego, I would have put out the wrong tape and would have gave the wrong message and it wasn't in the right mind frame. But lucky, it's not just me doing this. It's the energy in the room. I had asked for a lot of guidance and there was a lot of people that did this with us to do this, to be able to make this decision what's best for us. So once again, man, I want to say thank you to CJ. I, I really want to say thank you to CJ, man. It's very, very important not to see the worst in people just because you're hurt. It's very, very important to check your emotions. So if I was to recap this, to bring this all to an end, make sure your emotions are in check. Because if you're not in your emotional check and you haven't checked your ego, the conversation's probably not gonna go the way you want to. This is your boy KB. I wanna say thank you. I wanna say I'm extremely excited. I wanna make sure that everybody understands when you reflect and give yourself a little bit of time and talk to the right people, the possibilities are endless. So if you wanna leave your, your comments or questions, the push with KB at gmail.com. Thank you once again. It's a little bit later than it should be, but I think this episode was worth it. So I'm pushing out of here. Peace. <laughs>